I think leaders will need to empower their teams and let them be creative, utilizing more of a bottom-up approach of new ideas and analysis with their own top-down strategic requirements to define a strategic and achievable go-forward plan. And underneath all of this is ensuring the right data structure, analytics, and tools are in place to support and help transform the new baseline and strategic plan. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. As an industry, we're certainly navigating uncharted territory. There are new trends, new realities that we as an industry and you as a business leader will need to navigate. It seems overwhelming, but Elizabeth Elliott of Columbus Consulting believes that this is the opportune time for organizations to undergo continuous transformation. For this episode of Retail Remix, I had the chance to sit down with Elizabeth to dig deep into what continuous transformation really means, how to make it a reality within the retail business, and who and what measures need to be put in place to ensure success. There are a lot of not just strategic insights, but tactical takeaways. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Elizabeth, thanks so much for taking the time out. Really excited to uh, dig into uh, some uh, topics and trends with you. Great. Thanks for having me. So to start off our conversation, why don't you share a little bit about Columbus Consulting and the work that you personally do with the firm, especially if we're looking at it through the lens of, you know, work with brands and and retailers. I think that'll help set the stage nicely. Sure. I'll uh, first start by telling you a little bit about Columbus Consulting. We were founded almost 20 years ago by retailers. And we've grown to become the largest boutique consulting services firm focused exclusively on providing business and technical expertise in retail, e-commerce, and wholesale. The majority of our clients are in North America. However, we've executed on all continents except Antarctica. Over the last 18 months, we've worked with approximately 120 retailers and have engaged with many of our clients on multiple initiatives throughout several years. Our expertise bridges functional and organization silos through business strategy and transformation initiatives across unified commerce, merchandising, sourcing and supply, inventory management, finance and operations, and data and analytics. I would also add that the majority of our team has held leadership positions in either retail or software companies. So we understand what it's like and what's needed to run the day-to-day business, execute strategic initiatives, and bring people, process, and technology together to deliver sustained results. And that's really what our team has a passion for doing. Personally, I'm a managing partner with Columbus and have been with the firm about nine years, mostly helping to lead large-scale transformation initiatives in the planning space, as well as creating strategic roadmaps and conducting business process reviews and redesign, as well as the corresponding required change management. That's great, Elizabeth. And I think 
truly your expertise lines up so well with a lot of the realities that are top of mind for myself and for retail touch points as a whole, especially in, in light of everything that's happening around COVID-19. I feel like we're facing rapid change and probably more disruption than the industry has ever navigated or, or attempted to respond to than before. So I feel like executive teams are are kind of tasked with a big challenge, right? A, a, a big undertaking as far as how they're going to respond, not just in the short term, but the long term as well. And since you're coming from this world of large business strategy, you know, big strategic initiatives, um, change management, I feel like there are challenges, but also opportunities. I mean, let's start with the challenges first. I mean, what what are executives really facing right now from a business perspective? And I'm sure this kind of goes across so many different areas of the organization, but what are you seeing? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. I think the biggest challenge for executive teams now is trying to manage current state business with all the daily changes while simultaneously forecasting and strategically planning for what retail will look like until there is a widely available vaccine for COVID-19. There's certainly a number of things that are hugely difficult right now, such as trying to project cash flow against things like SG&A, purchase orders and lease payments, trying to maintain customer loyalty and engagement through social media and their e-commerce site, and the right level of communication and information to their organization. Adding to this, most retailers have furloughed a large percent of their home office associates and are working with a very lean crew. And all of this is happening while trying to figure out when stores can reopen and how do they reopen, as well as what the retail industry will look like coming out of sheltering in place, high unemployment, and confidence in the ability to stay safe from COVID-19. So it's really the combination of daily instability strategically and tactically planning for a post-COVID retail transformation with potentially a smaller organization and limited cash flow that is challenging executive teams most. And it's complicated. As I think about edicts of transformation related to this question, the one that stands out is don't be hesitant to change a decision. As we've said, things are changing every day. A good decision last week may need to be changed based on new information. It's important for executive teams to be decisive, make the change with the information known, communicate effectively, and keep moving forward. Yeah, and I think we'll get into that for sure, because I think there are definitely some new rules from a branding, from a communications perspective, not just within the organization, but outside the organization to consumers. So that's one layer I definitely want to get into. But first, you know, as you were rolling through all of these uncertainties, all of the layers and components that executive leadership in particular need to navigate right now, I'm just like, wow, that's that's a lot. That is enough to make probably the most seasoned executive uh, feel uneasy and a bit uh, overwhelmed. And I can't help but make that connection to the narrative around the return to normalcy that I've been reading a lot about, you know, if not just if, but when people return to stores, when things get back to normal, when people shop like they used to. But I have to ask you, I mean, what's your take? Is there even going to be a return to normal or is there just going to be an emergence of 
a new normal because I, I mean, at the end of the day, there's always that connection to the customer, right? And the businesses have to adapt and respond to what the consumer is doing. So what is your take right now? And again, I'm sure there's going to be constant change and evolution in this area, but how are things shaking out from, from a trending perspective? Yeah, certainly stores where we are used to them being crowded with fixtures and tables will need to be reconfigured in order to adhere to social distancing rules. This will mean less inventory and most likely a narrower assortment or one size on the floor with the remainder of sizes in the back room, assuming there is capacity in the back room. Other types of retailers will need one-way aisles. Whatever the scenario, the days of crowded stores and high-touch stores may take years to come back if they come back at all. But I think the new normal is going to force a direction retail was already headed in prior to COVID-19 to happen faster and more deliberately. And what I mean by that is more streamlining between brick and mortar, e-com, order orchestration, and customer expectations. Brick and mortar still needs to be right-sized, but right-sizing can take on a different definition than store closings. A store can also exist for local fulfillment and curbside pickup or for appointments made online with fitting room reservations to ensure cleaning and specified items in the room. Or maybe there's less of an inventory investment and stores are more of a showroom and experience. Of course, if the sales per square foot are not profitable, even with a reimagined physical location, then that particular store reopening isn't financially viable customers will be looking for an in-store experience that makes them want to be there. Retailers are going to need to be continually creative, which will require a transformation mindset. All retailers are going to be trying to figure this out. This transformation will be ongoing, and I would anticipate some retailers will be left behind. Yeah, definitely makes sense. I mean, especially given some of the financial reports that we're seeing around tension from a finance standpoint, but also, you know, companies considering bankruptcy, right? And arguably, a lot of those brands were already struggling. But to your point, COVID kind of accelerated that reality for a lot of those companies. But I want to dig into that notion of continuous transformation, that now's now's the time to set a plan in place and just know that changes may need to happen. You know, there may need to be an iterative process to, to figuring out what's right for the business. I think we we both know that that idea of quickly testing, learning, adapting has not always been such a strong suit with a lot of retailers, especially those larger legacy brands. So let's dig into what what that continuous transformation really entails. And I don't know if that's process or cultural. What do you typically recommend for retailers that come to you for advice and guidance there? Yeah, I think a lot of retailers now are thinking going back to normal means business stability and The definition of business stability is not just things staying the same. Business stability means business is good and thriving, and there's a line of sight to achieving goals and objectives, both short and long term. So I think having a mindset and approach of continuous transformation means being able to quickly adapt or create a plan B, C, D, or whatever to achieve goals. If a business organization has this mindset, then they can quickly read, react, and adapt to require changes versus needing, you know, a change management initiative to go along 
with a course correction or a new strategy. That's not to say that a change management program isn't helpful. It is, especially for large-scale initiatives. But if transformation is part of a culture, then they are operating in more of a state of awareness of what's working and what's not, and then can course correct with more agility and be more timely about it. It breaks down barriers and frees up the bottlenecks when you are thinking in a continuous transformation mode. Got it. That's great. And I, and I think retail businesses are, are thinking about this whole situation probably in a few different layers. I mean, it's continuity, it's recovery. I think in some cases, you know, some businesses are completely reimagining themselves, whether it's the experience or their products and services. And I'm sure we'll probably see more shakeout in, in that last bucket as time goes on. But I guess my question for you is, what are the best steps to go into to develop the right go forward plan? And again, I'm sure there may be some variance here, but are there any tactical steps or, or actions that you know, the executives listening right now may need to take in order to, you know, develop their plan and actually put it into place? Yeah, I think this is really where the tactical needs to get married to the strategic. I think retailers need to quickly define what their new baseline is across the board. First is obviously the financials, but baselining needs to be comprehensive and holistic, putting the customer at the front of all decision-making. You know, what does the customer baseline look like? Has there been a shift of existing and new customers? Certainly e-com penetration is high now, but what's the projected shift back to stores? It's not going to be the same as when stores closed. Is there a new baseline between fashion and basic? What are the new baselines for consumer behaviors? Do we foresee more of a shift to buy now, wear now? And what does that mean to the product lifecycle calendar and all the supporting functions? What's the new baseline for vendors? Should there be more of a balance between the U.S. and product made in China and elsewhere? All of this will require cross-functional fluency and teamwork. I think leaders will need to empower their teams and let them be creative, utilizing more of a bottom-up approach of new ideas and analysis with their own top-down strategic requirements to define a strategic and achievable go-forward plan. And underneath all of this is ensuring the right data structure, analytics, and tools are in place to support and help transform the new baseline and strategic plan. I would also advocate that having a small team project manage this effort would expedite the process and decision making to move into action and execution. Got it. So quick follow up question there. You know, if an organization develops that team to help drive all of these different areas, I mean, who would that typically be? Is it line of business leaders? Is it do members of the executive suite or C-suite need to be represented there? I mean, what, what, are you, what do you typically see or recommend for that? If a retailer has a transformation office, it would be members of that transformation office, but also key members, like you said, of the C-suite, right? They need to be champions of this sort of initiative. I also think that taking Organization members that are, you know, the ones who think out of the box, can reimagine things, are the ones that other people in the organization look up to as leaders to pull them out, not full-time, but, you know, maybe part-time and put that team together so it is representative across the organization. It shouldn't be a huge team, you know, depending on the size of, of the company, but 
enough to make sure that they can get behind the effort and get things done and executed. Got it. Yeah, and I'm sure those members of that team definitely need to have some sort of influence at a large scale because there is going to be a trickle-down effect, right? I mean, these these initiatives are going to impact others within the organization, and the goal is to drive not just buy-in, but also boost that excitement and sentiment of where the business is going, right? So I want to get into not only that piece, but how these initiatives are going to be or should be communicated to the general public. Because you made mention of this earlier that companies are really prioritizing communicating, being transparent to the general public around how they're responding to new COVID-19 measures, you know, shelter in place, things of that nature. So, I mean, I'm wondering if there's a domino effect or a trickle down effect to what's happening now and how that will impact change management and communicating to the general public? Um, I mean, are there any standard best practices? And do you think there will be a change at all in terms of what the right way to do this is? Sure. I think the trickle down effect is an interesting question. You know, how executive leadership handles this pandemic will undoubtedly create many new books, lectures, and case studies. How executives keep in touch, take care of, and even study reactions of their organization, like who stepped up and led, who was able to create a plan B on their feet, who made sure others were okay, and so on, will define the morale of the company through and post COVID-19. Leadership who, for example, ensured their employees were set up to work from home and be supported while trying to teach their children as well, which I understand is very challenging to do, will be known for holding up their company values. But I think I can sum up the answer to this question in one sentence by repeating a quote I read from Mark Cuban, and that is, how companies treat employees during this pandemic will define their brand for decades. And I think that's a really powerful statement. Yes, absolutely. I think I remember hearing him say something very similar on another podcast. Um, and I know he's been a big proponent of that idea of company culture and the human impact of business, which is always so great to see, especially someone of his stature. But what about the next layer down? I mean, you mentioned earlier around the fact that brands are attempting to be uber transparent right now, super communicative about their measures, how they're, you know, ensuring their stores are safe for employees and consumers, how they're adjusting hours, fulfillment, you know, transparency, communication, really key right now. So looking at it through a long-term lens and as retailers hopefully implement this, this notion of continuous transformation, how will that impact, you know, the rules, so to speak, of PR and communication? to customers and the general public. Yeah, the relationship between the retailer and customer and how that customer feels about that retailer has become more intimate. Of course, product, price, and branding are always going to be critical, but the additional challenge leadership will need to work through is their customer relationship. Meaning, for example, is what's important to me, what's important to the retailers I shop with? Most of us through this pandemic have pulled together in society doing our part in the spirit of we're all in this together. Customers want to know what part did my favorite brands do and what are they continuing to do? 
is what's important to the customer, important to the retailer. I've said this before in various conversations that before 9-11, retailers were leading the customer. Post 9-11 and during the recession, the customer was leading retailers. Then in the last few years, retailers have seen the need and importance to partner and form a stronger relationship with their customer, which is now even more critical coming out of COVID-19. So the shift in communication and public relations is a transformation in forming a more personal and higher level relationship with the customer. There is a transformation edict that says relationships matter a lot. I really wrote this for the organization of a company, but it's obviously true for the customer too. So it's important that communication and PR are in sync internally and externally. Yeah, makes total sense. So we've talked a lot about what brands and retailers should be doing, what they should be thinking about, the teams they should have in place, new best practices for communication and so on. But I'm always eager to ask experts like you, what brands should not be doing? I mean, I'm sure there's been, you know, a fair share of lessons learned, especially as we look at continuous transformation as a concept, as a principle. But again, adding the layer of COVID-19 into this, I'm sure there will be some added nuance or uh, considerations here as, as brands move forward. So, I mean, what should they not do? I mean, what are some common red flags or hidden mistakes that they should be weary of? I think what they should not be doing is not communicating, you know, and not being transparent. I think first and foremost, leaders need to be honest and as transparent as possible and be quick about it. Don't pause. Don't wait. People are looking for information about you on a daily basis. One of the phrases I use often is to fill the rumor mill with truth. Otherwise, one wrong interpretation of something can spread like wildfire, and it's tough to get that genie back in the bottle. And this is true for both employees and customers. It's also important to be consistent with communication and make it meaningful. I've seen communication in some organizations just be too high level in its content. Executives should look at communication content and think, if it doesn't really mean anything to me, it won't to anyone else either. You know, Next would be to let your organization help and support. Given each function are experts in their own areas, solicit feedback and ideas. Typically, people performing a given function can tell you what's wrong, how to make it better, and have brand new ideas altogether. Gathering this information into an organized format can be invaluable for responding to the disruptive events that are going on now and developing responses and long-term strategies. Love that. And I'm so glad you brought up the idea of, you know, companies just being overly vague <laughs> just to get something out into the universe. I think, you know, especially now that consumers are more aware of the nature of marketing and PR and, and what a lot of these brands, you know, need to do. I mean, they're, they're getting increasingly critical. So I'm really glad you brought that up. But overall, Elizabeth, I think we, we hit on so many great points. I loved learning more about the ins and outs of how to make transformation a reality within, you know, the organization, especially as brands continue to navigate the uncertainties, the unanswered questions, I I think our listeners will get a lot of value out of that. But beyond our conversation today, again, I'm sure 
Columbus Consulting is having a lot of conversations, creating a lot of content and sharing resources. So what's the next step for everyone listening? Are are there any resources or areas of your website that um, listeners should consult if they want more information? Sure. Most recently, we have created a series of thought leadership articles on lessons learned during crisis management on how IT leads in the COVID-19 era. And of course, the article I wrote on transformation journey leaders. We have also been conducting a series of webinars on allocation as we come out of COVID-19 and begin to reopen stores. Another series is on managing your business and MP&A team through COVID-19. And then on May 12th, we'll begin another series on the importance of location planning and how to get started as we manage through this pandemic. All of this information is available on our website, which is columbusconsulting.com and our LinkedIn page. So I would recommend that everyone take a look and register. I think there's a lot of valuable information there that can be used as together we work through this uncharted and challenging time. Great. Well, you all heard it here. So if you're looking for more information, definitely check out those resources. And again, Elizabeth, thank you so much for taking the time out. Very insightful and I think valuable for everyone listening. So really appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. And I thanks everyone out there for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.